Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Monday means EJ Raddick from the NHL Network. Fresh off a call on a terrific game between Boston and Tampa over the weekend. How are you, sir? I am good. I am good. And that was a really, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to say, you know, that anything is a playoff game before the playoffs because there's always another, they're going to ratchet it up even a little more with obviously playoff games have a different value, right? It's a seven-game series. Each one has a particular value. The regular season, let's face it, Boston is they're going to, they, they clinched the division with that win, but they were going to win it anyway. It was a foregone conclusion. Um, they are trying for franchise and league records, so there's some value in that. And for the Tampa Bay Lightning, they literally could just dress their minor league team the rest of the year and still finish in third place right. in the division and open in Toronto. So it's, uh, you know, because it, it doesn't have, you know, the players always understand each situation. But all that said... It was a terrific game the other day. I thought the Lightning really wanted to make a little bit of a statement. And even though they lost 2-1, I thought they played very, very well. The game was physical. There was a couple of fights right off the start of the game. I think that was kind of Tampa Bay's intention to try to, uh, you know, to, to send that kind of physical message to the Bruins. And, right. Uh, the, the Bruins had nine, nine minutes of power play time in the first period and they went to the locker room 1-1 after Tampa scored a shorthanded goal. It was just a really good, hard game that ended up being won on a, on a, on a grindy play by Boston's fourth line around the net. Garrett Hathaway, uh, Garnett Hathaway scored. But uh, just a real good hockey game and if those two teams were to meet maybe in the second round of the playoffs, I, thought, I think it would be a really mm-hmm. good intense series. And I felt the same way because um, I got a chance to call both Tuesday and Thursday's Rangers-Hurricanes games, and the atmosphere of the play on the ice just really was ratcheted up. You can tell this was not like the previous two meetings early in the season. And I brought it up on my podcast on Friday, EJ. You know, Tampa obviously is not one of these teams because you said they're locked in the three. And, and Boston's already locked in pretty much to the President's Trophy, and they're not going anywhere. But there's certain teams, whether they need it for positioning, need it for just getting their game right, or needing it to make the playoffs, you could totally see the cream is rising to the top here. And the the, the teams you could feel good about and the teams you're not really sure about. And I was really impressed with the way the Rangers played, really impressed with the way the Hurricanes played, especially with those back-to-backs against Toronto and Boston. And then you could really see how good a team is. and, And I really think the way that the way that the Rangers' goaltending is going right now and the way the Hurricanes are playing, those are two really good teams, and two, teams that are equipped to go deep. They may not go deep, but you get a sense that those are two real quality teams that are ready for the postseason. Yeah, I felt the same way. I was at the Tuesday game at Madison Square Garden, and you know, it was impressive the way Carolina played throughout. And the same with the Rangers. I don't think it was the Rangers' best game. I thought they were probably better on Thursday. 
but uh, they were very good. And you know, I felt also, Don, that the crowd, like the, like you talked about, the atmosphere at the Garden, the fans even, have, you know, they figure it out as well, right? And they knew the game was certainly uh, a more important game moving forward. So uh, we're getting to that time of year. It's really great to see it. And uh, the playoffs, I think the first round of the playoffs, I mean, we say it every year. But I think it's just going to be off the charts this year with so many really good matchups. And, and you know, talking to Dave Maloney, talking to a lot of people early in the season, the feeling seemed to be maybe you would dis- maybe you disagree that the matchup the Rangers wanted was Carolina. They had beaten them twice earlier in the season, won the season series last year. Not a great finishing team. They've got good offensive players. What was Svechnikov being out? Questions about whether Frederick Anderson is a big-time goaltender. I got to tell you, my attitude is reversed. I I look at New Jersey. They're inexperienced. I look at that Carolina team, the way they can control the neutral zone, slow the Rangers down offensively. I think, hey, listen, did did anybody think Darcy Kemper could win a Stanley Cup last year? I really think the better matchup for the Rangers would be the Devils, not Carolina. What do you say? I would say either matchup isn't great. <laughs> right, I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, but I, you know, I can see what you're thinking, especially in you know in light of those two games. Now, get back to me on Friday after the Rangers and Devils play on Thursday, right? Because right. Now you'll see the game, and that might be like, well, you know, this Devils team. I mean, you know, this is a hard matchup as well. I think they present different problems. I think the Hurricanes, like you said, are a more experienced group for sure. Uh, I think they're more battle-tested. I think they're more hardened by defeat. You know, most of those guys, and that that means a lot in the postseason. How much are you willing to commit to do shift to shift to win? Sometimes when you've lost a number of times, you're willing to do a lot more than you were the last time. So, you know, that, that to me is certainly has some, some value. Um, but on the other hand, with the Devils, I know it's been kind of a, a a little bit of a ragged, you know, maybe ten days to two weeks, but they do have a they do have such speed and they can really back you off and really intimidate with that speed. And that has been in the games I've watched between the two teams this year. You know that has been noticeable. So I'm going. I'll be interested to watch on Thursday night when the teams play how yeah. that looks. You know, I, I don't think, I mean, I'm, I can't argue with you. I can't tell you. I think you may be, in fact, right. That maybe Carolina is a harder matchup because of all the things I said. But I think that, you know, at the end of the day, they both present different problems and the Rangers will have to be on, at their best uh, to get through it. I just think the way the Rangers are built, as as difficult as it would be to contain the devil's speed and how good they can be offensively, although I'm, I'm still not sure Hughes is 100%. So that kind of changes yeah. things a little bit. He's he, at least he's off his game if he's not a hundred percent. But that kind of opens it up for their star player. So it's a, it's a different game. And I'm not. And listen, I'll I'll put Shesterkin up against anybody the Devils throw out there. Um, yeah. So as much as it presents a problem, you get to the playoffs the way Carolina can kind of control that neutral zone, slow things down. I think that drives the Rangers crazy. Where okay, you want to open it up. Then we'll open it up because we've got we've got guys that really are hungry to open it up too. So as much as both present a problem, I think that it's easier for the Rangers to play that devil style. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, like I said, you may well be right. We're going to find out in a couple of weeks one way or the other. But, you know, to your point about Carolina, you know, they got a good room. I mean, I was down there for the stadium series game. I was around their room the other night after the game against the Rangers. I mean, and that, that means something. When the players really, you know, play for one another, Roddy's a terrific coach. I mean, yeah, they're going to be a hard out. There's no question about it. And maybe this is the year they make a, they really make a, a, a deeper push because uh, they've had a good team now for several years. And, uh, you know, I think they ran into the Bruins on a couple of occasions. And, you know, last year the Rangers got them in Game 7. But, uh, you know, you know this. They're going to play, you know, they're going to, they, ha- they have a way they play. The Carolina Hurricanes play a certain way, as you point out. And that's who they are. And that's who they're going to be. So if you're not at your best, they're probably going to beat you. So it'll be a challenge either way for the Rangers. I think, as I mentioned, for all these teams in the first round, I just think that the, the league is so close now. Matchups and injuries are always the key, and if you know if, the, if that matchup does not favor the Rangers, as, as uh, you know, as we're discussing here, I mean that's problematic for them. So, unfortunately for Carolina, you know, Mission Sveshnikov in in games that are going to be decided by one goal, missing a guy like Sveshnikov could be a difference for Carolina. So we'll see if they can manage that as well. Yeah, Ajo's been very good for them. Another 30-goal season for him. Natchez is a good player. They've got good offensive players. Um, yeah. it, just having that one guy, you know, to uh, to to lose a Svechnikov like that, that that's a big loss. That That's a, a huge loss. Um, did yeah. you get a chance at all, because I know you were working, but did you get a chance to watch the Capitals-Pens on Saturday night? I got to watch... Near the end of it, right? I was at an event Saturday night, but I got to watch some of the end of the game, and uh, hey, it was a, it was a great finish. It was. I mean, and it was it was a great show for you know ABC national television, uh, Crosby and Ovechkin, and uh, to come down to the wire, and then you know Malkin makes a terrific play. It was score the game winner. Huge it, win for the Penguins, right? I mean, to get those two points, that would have been just a devastating loss. If they oh were, yeah, you know they would have lost that game. Now, listen, it exposed, you know, Pittsburgh blows a 3 nothing lead at home in the third. I mean, so it, it, it does expose the problems Pittsburgh has, and, and Washington's not going to make it, it doesn't look like. The way I absorbed that third period, the back and forth, Ovechkin scoring, how engaged the players were, um, the, 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 the turnover by Mantha, the game-winning goal by Geno, it really just was a lot of fun to watch, and I wonder if you had the same thought. It felt like the end of the rivalry for now because it's never going to be what it was. These two teams aren't going to be competing to come out of the conference anymore. They're just that, that uh, that's not what they are, and, you know, especially Washington. And and you start to see that we saw a decade's worth of Ovechkin versus Crosby, and that still will exist in some form, EJ. But I, I'm not sure it's going to get any better than what we saw and. I, I, watching the way that game was on national television, how engaged the players were, it felt like the final chapter of this rivalry. What did you think? You know, it's funny. Earlier in the year when the two teams were struggling and Washington traded off some of their players and decided to like try to put their best foot forward in the summer for next year, I got that sense of that, you know, it is kind of the end of an era because, Donnie, you remember you and I were doing the old radio show when, when Ovechkin and... Crosby uh, first came into the league. Right. And then we've watched it, had all these battles over the years. They've had playoff battles. Um, you know, the, the, the series when 
Crosby and Ovechkin both got a hat trick in the same game, which was kind of crazy. I think that was a seven-game series where Pittsburgh went on to win. I think that was the year they won the Stanley Cup, if I'm not mistaken, in 2009. It could have been a wait. That was the year they went to the final and lost. But, um, you know, that they've been the faces of the league for a long time, and Ovechkin will still, because of this gold chase, he'll still be at the forefront of, uh, of conversation in the league. And Crosby just got voted again by his peers as the most complete player. So, you know, he's still a really good player and maybe a finalist this year for the Hart Trophy again. I mean, it's going to be – he's in the mix with what he's been – how he's been playing this year in Pittsburgh. So I think they're going to be around, but I think you're right. I mean, the teams are starting to – they're starting to change. I do think Washington has a chance to reset and be a more dangerous team next year because they've got some room to do things. I think Pittsburgh is, is in a different situation. They're, they're locked in with uh, some of their guys there, and they've got to figure out, I think, uh, what they're going to do in terms of their goaltending long-term. Just in terms of having more depth, with Tristan Jari uh, kind of seemingly always dinged up. So I agree, and I've said that this year. It does seem like you know we're seeing that kind of end of that era that started in 2005-2006 when Crosby and Ovechkin uh, first arrived on the scene in the NHL. I mean, it's a long time. I mean, you know, Bird and Magic didn't last this long. Like, it's a, it's a yeah. big deal. Yep, you're right. And, like, you think about it, even, you know, the, you see through the, through the history of the NHL, and you're right, through sports. I mean, guys don't usually stay at that high level for that long where they're rivals with each other for so long. And you're right, I mean, we're coming up on almost 20 years. So it's uh, it's been really impressive. And, you know, I think there are going to still be some good battles, like you mentioned, between these teams, like there was the other night. And it'll still be a ballyhooed uh, meeting when they meet next year or the year after. I mean, they're going to be playing in this league for another couple of years, and they're still, as I mentioned, really effective players. But... Um, I does feel, you know, I, I felt this season has had a little of that tinge of the end of an era to me as well as other players and other teams have kind of rushed to the forefront. Yep. Yeah, there's other teams now that you're kind of more focused on. And, and you're right, Washington might be able to get back. And, you know, we've, we've at least I have thrown dirt on Pittsburgh over the last few years. But it, it doesn't feel like them competing for the same real estate that, at the top of the conference. Now it's two teams battling just to make the playoffs. And, you know, it's a little bit of a different feel than it was, you know, back in the day. And we'll see. Pittsburgh still has an excellent chance to make it. Uh, Buffalo's kind of had a bit of a resurgence, but still just not consistent enough for me. Um, I, I think Washington just doesn't have enough games. But, uh, Ottawa just doesn't have enough games. So um, I, I think we're locked in. Are, are you? Are you? Do you feel like Islanders, Penguins can hold on here? Well, I'll tell you what. I think the Florida Panthers have one more push in them. They've got a yeah. four-game road trip that starts tonight in Ottawa. And the funny thing is, I, I happened to run into Keith Kachuk about uh, ten days ago. And he was talking about, you know, his two boys, and, and we were talking about just how well both of them played this year. And, you know, he's a very modest guy. I was just like, hey, wow, I mean, your kids are just, they've just been unbelievable in this league. It's amazing. And he said, he just joked. He said, well, Brady is going to have to have something to say about whether or not Matthew makes the playoffs. And here we are tonight in Ottawa. The Panthers take on the Senators. So the Battle of the Kachucks tonight there. And then they do play one more time 
in Florida. So those are two really important games, particularly for the Florida Panthers. You're right. I, I think that Buffalo, Washington, Ottawa, they're out, they're out of game. And I think they're just a little too far back. But I think the Florida Panthers have a little push left. The Islanders have the Devils on Monday night tonight, and then they, they play have two games with Washington, and people might say, well, you know, Washington, they should beat them. They haven't beaten Washington this season, and Washington seemingly, you know, had a comeback in one game and beat them, and they've had their number. Yeah. So if the Islanders can't find a way to beat the Washington Capitals in these two games coming up, I mean, that, uh, you know, down the stretch. And they also have road games in Tampa and Carolina, and then a home game against Tampa. I mean, the door could be open for the Florida Panthers still, but the Panthers have their own challenges. They got a four game road trip, as I said Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, Columbus, all winnable games with the exception, I guess, of Toronto. And then uh, home for Buffalo, Ottawa, in Washington, and then a, a tough finish at home against Toronto and Carolina, although who knows what those teams will be playing for. Like, Toronto That's true. will be playing for nothing, right, near the end of the year. And Carolina, they might be playing for. For, for, for seeding, but probably not by that point. So, you know, I, I think the Florida Panthers are still a team to watch here in all this. They had a, 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 t- a tough couple of losses. The Rangers beat them the other night 4-3. That was a tough loss for the Panthers, but I'm not going to write them off yet because I just think the Islanders had a chance to really close the door against Columbus and Buffalo, and they failed to do it. I wouldn't go as far as to say all eight teams that make the playoffs in the West have a legitimate shot at going to the Stanley Cup final. But I'm comfortable saying the top three teams in each division do. Would you go as far as all eight, or would you agree with me that it's probably just those six? I think it's probably just those six. I mean, I don't see Seattle or Winnipeg going to the final. Um I don't know if I necessarily even see Minnesota going to the finals, to be honest with you. I think they've been a really good story this year. They've played very well. But, I, you know, I mean, there is a scenario, especially if they finish first, right? If Minnesota can finish first, that would mean Colorado and Dallas would get a chance to beat each other up. Minnesota would, and, you know, in their circumstance, let's say they would place the first wild card in Seattle right now. Maybe they can take care of Seattle puts them in a position in the second round series against, you know, maybe a little bit of a battered Colorado or Dallas team, and that might be the path. But it seems to me Colorado is pushing. They do. They're a point back. They have a game in hand. They've got a game against Minnesota coming up. they got a game against Dallas coming up. So that probably will determine how things, uh, you know, shake out for them. They could win both those games. They'd probably be in a position to win the division. Uh, I still like Colorado's team a lot, but, you know, you want to make sure they can be completely healthy. Will Landis Gog be back? Manson going to be back as part of the mix. I saw Johnson got back in the lineup. Uh, and then in the Pacific, I mean, Vegas and L.A. have just both been playing lights out good since the since the All-Star break. Uh, L.A. has kind of been in more, maybe in more convincing fashion. Then Vegas. Vegas has just been finding ways to win three, two games. It seems like every night, or two, one, or four, three. And you got to give them a lot of credit, especially with the rotating goalie situation they've had there in Vegas. So that's going to come right down to the wire. I really like the LA Kings. Uh, they, they, I think they're on a ten, zero, and two run. Their last regulation loss, Don, you would probably remember it. It was at the Garden. Yeah. In late February. So yeah, it's been, you know, we've had several since then, right? So. Um, 
they've been very impressive, especially with the acquisitions they've made. And then the Edmonton Oilers, I mean, they're a team, too. You watch them play. They're a very, very dangerous team with the McDavid and Dreisaitl. And, you know, they've added some help on defense. If Stuart Skinner can be the guy in goal in the playoffs, I mean, they're going to be a problem for somebody. So, again, I look at who's going to finish first in the division. It looks like right now it'll be either L.A. or Vegas. They've got a game coming up on April 6th, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. So that will be a, that will be a determining factor probably. So, again, if you can finish first and maybe you're the first seed in the conference, you take on that, that last wild card, which right now is Winnipeg. Winnipeg has got a puncher's chance because they've got Hellebuck and they've got some guys that can score. They've got some experience in that group. But you would think that you'd be in a better position not having to be in a 2-3 matchup against Right, Edmonton. exactly. So, so I tend to agree with you. I think that the six teams at the top, I think any of those teams probably could get to the final, although I'm less convinced about Minnesota. Now, it's not like he's got a ton of goals, EJ. And, and I'd have to look back to when the, the Golden Knights made the final, who their leading goal scorer was. But see if you follow my logic here. They've never had a player like Jack Eichel. Right, so yeah. if if they play to the level that they're playing, and Eichel can be Eichel in the playoffs, so this is a really dangerous team. Yeah, I listen. They're slotted really well because they have they have the things you need, and you know, in terms of their roster, they have a number one center, Jack Eichel. Like you point out, I mean, he's he's a legit number one center. I mean, people might. You know, people might have, have kind of forgotten about Jack because, you know, he had the injury, he didn't play, that he was out in Vegas, and, like, you know, he's had kind of an up-and-down year a little bit, but he got hurt again, he missed some time. But I've been watching the last month. Jack Eichel is playing very well, and he's kind of found his way again. And, you know, that sets up the rest of their forward group, 1 through 12, have that number one center there. Um on defense, you have a number one defenseman in Petrangelo. You have a, a really, you know, number one pair guy for sure in, in Chase Theodore. They're big and strong and long on the blue line. They're hard to play against. And it seems like whoever they put in goal gives them a good enough performance. Like Logan Thompson was back, but now he's... Swall was in the other night. Uh, they added John to quit to their group. He's been helpful for them since he came over from L.A., um, you know, they, they've got, uh, you know, another couple of guys that they've played this year that have been dinged up a little bit. So, I mean, like, that's the area of concern. But they are really – they have a lot of structure in their game right now. Mm-hmm. And they play really hard defensively. So, you know, I, I'll tell you what. I mean, we try, it's one of these things that nobody has really talked about in terms of first-round matchups. We just talked about at the start of this podcast, Crosby and McDavid. I mean, excuse me, Crosby and Ovechkin. They're tied together, and they've had this unbelievable run. Well, McDavid and Eichel were kind of tied together at the top of the 2015 draft. Now, McDavid has been off the charts. He's maybe an all-time great player in this league. Jack Eichel has had some ups and downs. He's moved franchises. It's been a little bit of a different story for sure, and I'm not going to sit here and, you know, McDavid is the best player in hockey, period. End of story. But a first-round series between two guys that have been linked like yeah. that in the past would for really a fun story. And, uh, you know, no one's really really discussed that that much. And that's a really distinct possibility that Vegas could play Edmonton in the first round. In fact, they just played the other night, and the Oilers uh, got the game tied up late, and the Vegas Golden Knights won in overtime, and Eichel was in the mix at the end of the game. 
So I think that could be a fun series, and I think the Vegas Golden Knights have really flown under the radar this year. I mean, I do a national show, Don, every, you know, every day, and we've talked about a lot of teams, and we've talked about them a little, but we haven't talked about them near as, right. near as what is commensurate for what we should based on the season they've had because they are the number one seed in the Western Conference right now, and they've earned it through a lot of different injury issues, and Bruce Cassidy deserves a lot of credit because he's gone out there in his first year and really uh, he's helped tighten the ship up a little bit. You know, if they could just get the goalies healthy down the stretch here, uh, they're going to be a hard out because the games will just be very competitive. They defend hard. That's what's going to make them really difficult to deal with. EJ, enjoy the week, man. We'll talk to you next Monday. You got it, Donnie. See you, buddy. All right. Great stuff from EJ Raddick. See him on the NHL Network, 4 to 6 Eastern on NHL Now. Let's take a look at the games tonight. EJ mentioned the Panthers and the Senators. The Kachuk brothers going out against each other. Panthers want to bounce back after blowing that two-goal first-period lead against the Rangers. Also at 7 o'clock, the Sabres and the Canadians. Buffalo still has a breath. Montreal's played pretty well as of late. Put up an eight spot against Columbus over the weekend. 7.30, Devils and the Islanders over on the island. Devils still have a chance to catch uh, Carolina, uh, Carolina for first. Of course, the Islanders trying to hold on to that first wild card spot. Kraken and the Wild for Minnesota. Kraken, first wild card team. Wild first place in the Central. Avalanche at the Ducks, and the Avalanche are creeping up Minnesota's back. Oilers in Arizona to take on the Coyotes. Only one point from McDavid on Saturday against Vegas. He's got 139, 60 goals. Could he get to 70? Well, if he's going to do it, he's going to need a big night tonight at Mullet Arena against the Coyotes, who have played pretty good hockey at home. So this is a lot of fun. Thanks to EJ Raddick. Thanks to Anthony Pusick. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Get your tweets in then at DonLaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. Enjoy the games tonight, and tomorrow I'll be on the call of Rangers and Blue Jackets. The Garden tomorrow will commence again on Wednesday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.